Lord God, Heavenly Father, help us to understand you're the God of all generations. We live in a time of continual change, in a time where generations are more diverse than they ever have been in history. Help us as a body of believers to learn to understand more about each other, more about ourselves, and how we can work together in greater ways to build up your kingdom. We praise in Jesus' name. Amen. To start things off, there's a scripture verse from Joel chapter 1, verse 3. It will be the focus verse for this series. I'd like for us to read it together. Tell it to your children, and let your children tell it to their children, and their children to the next generation. Currently, there are five generations um, in this sanctuary right now. And so I'm going to ask you to um, step out on a limb. When I call out your generation, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, okay? All those born before 1946, the builder generation, raise your hand. Thank you. All those born from 1946 to 1964, the boomer generation, raise your hand. Those born from 65 to 1980, Generation X, raise your hand. Okay. From 1981 to 2000, raise your hand. Generation Y. And those born after 2001 and beyond, Generation Z, raise your hand. Okay. This is actually, of all the services from last night to this morning, the more, more the balanced one, but still, there's still a trend here, isn't there? There's more builders and there's more boomers, right? And that's a challenge. How do we reach all generations? We're seeing over time that Christianity and, and involvement in worship and churches is declining successfully with each generation. We're going to address that, and um, today we're going to take a look at an overview. And there's never been a time in history where generations are more diverse than they are right now. The main component of that is technology. And for thousands of years, things stayed pretty much the same. This last hundred years has been incredible as far as the change, the inventions, the things that have happened. And so today, an overview of each decade, and then a scriptural um, fallback towards the end of the sermon. And so 1910 to 1920, the Titanic sank. Incredible inventions were taking place. And World War I, the first major war that involved almost the whole world. Millions of people involved, millions of people that actually died in that war. And that led to the 1920 to 1930, the aftermath of World War I. The Spanish flu actually spread through a good part of the world. Almost more people died from that flu than died in World War I. It was a time of close families. It was also a time, too, where a lot of families grew up without a dad. Why was that? Because a lot of their fathers were killed in World War I. The radio was developed. This was a major invention at that time. I'll come back to it a little bit later. Prohibition was in effect. In fact, the 1920s was called the Roaring Twenties. The economy was going great until 1929. What happened? The crash, which leads to the next decade, 1930 to 1940. The Wall Street crash. A lot of people lost everything. One of my relatives I talked to grew up in a family, four kids and parents, and they had a house and they had a duplex. And the plan was for the, his parents to have a duplex and take the rent money for their retirement. They lost everything. And ultimately, the kids had to find any odd job they could find, and all the money was pooled together so they could have food on the table. The New Deal came into place, basically a number of government um, programs to help those that were struggling. 
But in the 1940s, World War II, again, the world involved in a war that involved basically hundreds of millions of people. In fact, in this war, almost 50 to 60 million people perished. The war effort in this country, rationing and industry booming as weaponry was made in the United States, not just for our soldiers, but also for our allies as well. The beginning of what is known for women working. And why was that? Why, why did women start working back? The men were at war. There was victory in the good life after the war was, was won. And what led from this was that Great Depression, ultimately, it turned around. The economy started to boom after World War II, which leads to the 1950s, the Korean War, at the time of indulged kids. This is the, the time of the boomer generation being born, but they were born with more things than previous generations as the economy was so strong at that time. The television came into being. Anybody here remember the black and white TVs? And so during that time, things changed because if you're listening to the radio, what else can you do? You can you know, clean the house, you can work in the car, you're listening, but you can still be involved in doing other things. Now the TV comes out, if you want to watch TV, what are you doing? You're sitting, your whole focus is watching the screen, you're watching and you're listening. This also had impact with churches because for a lot of us when we grew up, the Churches were very, you know, typical where they had a balcony in the back, and who sang from the back? The choir, okay? And so my generation wanted to see what's going on. We're looking forward at an empty altar. We turn around to try to see the choir. They're smacking the back of the head saying, nope, you look right straight ahead. That's a radio generation understanding our desire to be able to see and to hear at the same time. Other things, rock and roll came into being, Elvis Presley, and from there leading into um, other groups like the Beatles and, and other groups that came leading in the 60s. The 1960s, a very turbulent time. Assassinations, John F. Kennedy, Robert Kennedy, Martin Luther King Jr. The Vietnam War came into being. The Cold War. For those of you who went to school back then, do you remember the um, nuclear bomb drills? I remember that you go to the desk, I'm thinking, How's a desk going to help me in the face of a nuclear bomb? I don't know, but there was these drills, and this was something that actually influenced our lives. The sexual revolution and the drug culture. Civil rights and women's rights. Space program. Generation gap. For the first time, we're seeing a major gap between this new boomer generation at that time and their parents, the builder generation. The space program. John F. Kennedy stated that before this decade was over, what would happen? Somebody would walk on the moon. Sure enough, it happens. The 70s, the Vietnam impact, Watergate, more of a distrust with leaders at that time, the me generation, equal rights amendments. I mean, a lot of good things are happening in the midst of the challenges, too. The 80s, diminished world respect, the Iran hostage situation, high-tech society, the computer came into being. Now, for those of us who went to college prior to this, how do we do our papers? Typewriter, right? Now the computer changes everything. So if you messed up your paper, you had to do what? Start all over again with the typewriter. Now the computer, you can just change it right in the computer. Incredible change in technology, from the radio to black and white TV to color TV now to a computer. Ronald Reagan was the president during that good part of that time. The AIDS epidemic came into being. The drug culture continued to grow and expand. Yuppies, 
young urban professionals. The 90s, Desert Storm, the Cold War ends. Domestic terrorism takes its place. The internet, another big jump as far as technology. The Clinton era, a booming economy. So the 20s, the 50s, the 90s, the economy was booming during those decades. A time of tolerance. 2000, Y2K. Remember back then, the fear our computers were all going to crash, right? Did that happen? It didn't happen. The stock market slide and recession, 9-11, obviously great impact on our country. The war in Afghanistan and Iraq, the mortgage market crisis impacted a lot of people. Incredible advancements in technology at astronomical rates. Expansion of secular values. In fact, in this decade, for the first time, our country is called a post-Christian country. In the last eight years, a gradual economic recovery, the rise of ISIS, continued unrest in the Middle East, the Obama administration, and now the Trump administration. An era of fake news where people are starting to distrust you know, the information being given to us. And continued advancement in technology and social media at exponential rates. And the technology keeps growing fast, so we can almost keep up with it. It's so interesting in this day and age, if you go to an airport or most places you walk around, what do you see people doing? Look at their phone, okay? And sometimes you see people texting while they're talking to someone else. Now, the world is changing at a dramatic rate. It's had impact on each generation. And I want to pull this all together as far as some trends we're seeing. And one thing I want to make clear, a lot of very positive things are happening. Some of this technology is amazing if it's used in the right way. But there are some negative trends we're seeing. The breakdown of moral values in our society. A breakdown of traditional family. A post-Christian ideology. Isolation of generations. If generations want to hang together with their own generation, and sometimes get it harder for the generations to cross over. The aging of mainline churches. I mentioned before the average age of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate is what? 67 years old. High-tech explosion. Now this is just the beginning of how we're going to break this down in the next five weeks as we talk about each successive generation, starting with the builders and, and eventually finish with Generation Z. And something's going to happen... Um, next week, in each of the next five Sundays. If you come a little bit early, there's going to be music playing from that particular generation, as well as some trivia on the screen about that generation as well. So just give you a heads up before that happens. But I want to bring this all together with some scriptural perspective as far as how the Bible talks about generations. The first point is this. Every generation is sinful. Okay, Every generation is sinful. In Luke 11, therefore, this generation will be held responsible for the blood of all the prophets that has been shed since the beginning of the world, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who was killed between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, this generation will be held responsible for it. All. What we see in the Bible is every generation is held accountable, and every generation is sinful. To make that very clear is Romans 3.23. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So every generation is sinful. The second thing is one bad generation can affect those that follow. One generation that turns away from God can have major negative impact 
on the following generations. In Judges 2, after that whole generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation grew up who neither who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. And then another one from Deuteronomy chapter 5. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of their fathers to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing love to the thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Now, as we look at the trends, what's happening in our society, from the builders to the boomers to Gen X, Gen Y, Gen Z. Each successive generation is embracing Christianity less. The fastest growing group in our country right now, as far as, as a poll religions, is called the nuns. People that don't have any belief whatsoever. Atheist, agnostic. That's the fastest growing group, especially with our younger people. Point three. Generations may differ in view. But God does not change. God doesn't bend to us. God is always God. And we need to realize that. No matter what our generation is, our desire should be to follow his ways. It says in Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Daniel 4, 3, how great are his signs, how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom. His dominion endures from generation to generation. In Lamentations 5, you, O Lord, reign forever. Your throne endures from generation to generation. God stays the same. He rules over every generation. And the fourth point is this. Every generation needs who? Jesus. Jesus is the answer for every single generation. Philippians 2.15. So that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault, and a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. We're called to shine with the light of Jesus in our generation, to those around us. In Psalm 33, But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever, the purposes, purposes of his heart through all generations. And what's his plan? What's his purpose? That all people come to know who? Jesus. And then from Acts chapter 2, With many other words he warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. That early church grew in leaps and bounds, and, and God was calling upon us as his church to have the same type of excitement and, and fervor in sharing the love of Christ with others. That the answer for every generation, the answer for every one of us, is Jesus, who he is and what he's done for us. And finally, Five, each generation is to pass the faith to other generations. Psalm 145, one generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. Exodus 3.15, God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. And we're going to end where we began, with Joel chapter 1, verse 3. Let's say it together one more time. Tell it to your children, and let your children tell it to their children, and their children to the next generation. Times are changing, aren't they? We live in a very um, unique and interesting time in history. 
There are a lot of differences from generation to generation. And our goal in the series is to help us to understand more about each other, more about ourselves, more about how we as a body of believers can grow in our ability to reach each and every generation. So some of you have children, grandchildren, maybe great-grandchildren. And the bottom line is this has to be our focus, to make sure that Jesus is a heart and center. And when I was growing up on Sundays, we didn't play sports at all, okay? That day was reserved for worship. But now our society is becoming more and more secular. Sundays are becoming a main sports day for our kids. And the society creeps more and more in. The question to us is this. Are we going to follow the world? Or are we going to follow the word of God? Now I want to encourage us to realize the world doesn't have the answers. Only God does. The God of all generations. And my prayer is that we grow in our desire to make sure that every generation knows the love of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we seek so clearly in your word that you want your love to spread to every single generation. No matter what generation we are, Lord, help us to realize that generations are going to follow us. You call upon us to, to bear the torch, to pass that flame on to each successive generation. And sometimes we lose our focus. Sometimes the world seeps in. Lord, help us to grow in our desire and our fervor to spread your love to each and every generation. In Jesus' name, amen.